everyone, and welcome to The Swear Jar, the official podcast of the Academy of Business Communications, where we tell it like it is about corporate employee communications and occasionally use colorful language to raise money for worthy causes. My name is Elizabeth Williams. And I'm Andrew Brown. Today, we're going to talk about something that afflicts almost every fearless communicator at some point of their journey as professionals, and that's the dreaded drive-through treadmill of pointlessness. We're going to describe it, talk about how we get to this soul-deadening place, and how on earth we can get out. Oh my goodness, that is indeed a terrible place to be. And and I, I will give credit where it's due. The treadmill of pointlessness is an Andrew Brown original. He came up with that. And I can't remember what the context was, but you say that treadmill of pointlessness to any communicator and they're like, aha, been there. And so that's what we wanted to uh, to talk about because oftentimes for communicators, it honestly feels like all you're doing is cranking out one piece of content after another, kind of like handing out burgers through a drive through window. And, mm. you know, and the worst part is, you know, you're not being strategic. You know, the quality of the work is not where it could be. You know, you're over communicating some stuff and under communicating other stuff. And you know that it's often all kind of pointless. You can feel the employee engagement scores plummeting every time you click send. And yet there you are. And these days, you know, in these COVID times, many of us were crushing 10 hour days. We don't have enough time to say no. People keep pulling up to the the little menu board and asking for stuff. And so we don't have time to say no. We don't have time to offer a more strategic approach or even just take the time to do things really well. And it's exhausting. And of course, if it goes on too long, it can send even the best of us out the door as burnouts. Yeah, fair enough. We're in COVID times, so that seems to be a condition that contributes to that sense of drive through communications. But sometimes it also emerges out of other big change projects that, you know, that can take over. Sometimes it's as simple as it's a time of year when everyone needs to get stuff out. Things that contribute to this is a combination of any of these four things, right? Well, poorly designed processes, poorly understood communications functions, and that could be within the function or how other people view the function, no or little management support, and sadly, inexperienced communicators. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So let's start picking that apart. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about process, right? So when we look at corporate communications functions, regardless of where they report into the organization, the first trouble spot you and I often find is in their processes. So yeah, maybe they have all kinds of intake forms and approval procedures and lawyers and so on. But what almost all communications departments struggle with is just including a strategic review at the beginning of every single request mm. and then making sure there's a reflection and a measurement opportunity at the end. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example, right? I joined one company where they had a sole communicator who was in drive through mode and burning out. And it just turned out that she basically didn't have any mandate to say no, which we'll come back to. So she was flinging out materials into the ether and then catching flack from the marketing director for being too tactical. And so this poor lady just couldn't win. Oh, that's so frustrating. And and those sorts of situations are driven or contributed by that second factor, which is that comms function is not really understood to be anything beyond a developer, a creator of that drive-through 
for content, right? You know, if uh, you and I had a dollar or a nickel, a quarter for every time we were told to, you know what, just wordsmith something, you know, yeah. uh, uh, right? God, uh, yeah. that word. <laughs> or to make it sound nice, you know. And, you know, that stems, of course, from the fact that in many organizations, you know, comms isn't viewed strategically. We'd like to think it is, but that's not the case. And, you know, we've talked about this a few times on previous podcasts. When that function is viewed as the word factory, right, or the PowerPoint, PowerPoint studio, or, or the people who put stuff on the cafeteria screens, right, then it's no wonder communicators can't get out of that dreaded tactical mode. And of course, right now in, in COVID times, we, we have a lot of that stuff, right? There's, there's updating information every five minutes, and there is a pretty steady stream of people pulling up to the window and asking for <laughs> a poster about masks, a poster about distancing, give me something for the executives to say about health and safety. And all of that stuff feeds this third thing, which is that the people who oversee communications aren't always managing it very well. Mm. And that can be HR or marketing or whoever. But if it's considered a side hustle job for someone, and it often is, or if it's kind of well outside the mandate of the department, then sometimes managers don't really keep an eye on it. It just sort of bubbles along in the background. And then this continues to feed the perception that it's not a strategic function. It takes away the, the air support that this, these practitioners need to get to more strategic conversations if it's just perceived as a straight output thing versus an outcome activity. And it does spiral. And, and what makes matters worse, in some cases, we have people that could be you know, junior-ish in these roles. And that means they may not have a strategic view of the function. That's not their fault, but that's the case. And they may think that drive-through and you know, just creating stuff, that output is their job. Alternatively, they may not feel confident enough to speak up. Who knows? Maybe they just let themselves burn out instead of asking for help from their manager who may or may not even know better. And because they're not to seem to be effective or strategic, that whole cycle keeps going. And there they are in a drive through treadmill of pointlessness. And I wonder if it's worse now that we've got people working from home. And so those managers who are busy and they're probably ignoring the comms function, they don't even have the benefit of being able to walk by someone and see them banging their head on the table. So I worry, in fact, that in this new remote way of working that many of these junior people not only don't have that, you know, the strategic background or the sort of confidence to speak up, but that they're now suffering silently and out of sight and out of mind. So I, I worry that it's in fact going to get mm. worse before it gets better. So before we get to some ideas about what to do here, let's take a moment to shamelessly promote some of our upcoming workshops and courses. So we're working on one that's coming up soon, which is um, how to develop and deliver meaningful corporate stories. We've got another one on how to measure the impact of employee communications and how to communicate change to employees effectively, which by the way, gets you six hours of professional development if you are with the uh, HRPA in Canada. And we've got another one on how to deal with and optimize online reviews that those employees, ex-employees and candidates keep leaving. Our workshops are 90 minutes and $99. And the longer ones are two half days. And Swearjar listeners can save 10% by entering the discount code Swearjar, all one word, when they register. And we'll have links to all of this good stuff in our show notes. Thanks for that. I love 
sharing news about some of the great new things that we're bringing to our fearless communicators. But let's, let's quickly summarize the things we've touched on. We've got four problems that create that drive-through mentality. We have processes that encourage tactical versus strategic work. We have misconceptions about the purpose of the employee communications functions. We have managers who aren't necessarily doing what they should to shut down that drive through. And we have communicators who may not have the full breadth of experience to stand up to the pointlessness treadmill. That's a great summary. Yeah. And so getting out of the drive through can be pretty tricky. So let's start with that mm-hmm. poor practitioner because they need to start by controlling what they can control. And, and one of the first things they can control is asking for help. But more effectively, they can also start putting a plan together. Mm-hmm. And I know that's hard when the cars never stop coming to the speaker, but finding a little bit of time to show your manager how what you do connects to a higher purpose, ideally one that that manager or that manager's manager is accountable for. So things like engagement, retention, customer satisfaction, productivity, it doesn't actually matter. But if you can find... A, a metric or if you can find a mandate that your work supports, improves, and connects to, well, now you've got a place to start having more strategic Im- impact and more strategic discussions. And there are tons of studies out there mm-hmm. that connect communications to bottom line results. So, and, and we can put some links in the show notes, but go find them, just type that in. And, you know, if you can get some of that evidence and if you can get your manager's attention, you know, you can put that in front of them. And I would argue that if you can't get your manager's attention, it's probably time to go find a new job because Mm. quite honestly, no communications job is worth the anxiety and the burnout and the treadmill of pointlessness. The second thing I think that's within a practitioner's control is the process. So most communications people report to non-communications people. So that means that the processes that you're using are designed to support marketing or they're designed to support HR, but they're not necessarily designed to do the work you do. So again, find a little bit of time and take a look at the processes and find a point in which you can start interjecting a strategic discussion. So it could be as simple as just a post-it note reminding you to ask all your requesters as they pull up to their little speaker to tie their request to a corporate goal. And, and trust us, that makes them rethink their project in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm happy to help you out with that, Andrew, but tell me what, what overall objective does that support just so I know? And, and if they can't figure that out, then it's probably time to send them back to rethink it. Many communications departments have like a little briefing template or an intake form they use. So make sure right up top on that, it, it's very clear what organizational objective does this support or what one of our corporate values or cultural norms does this support? It could also just be gathering up all the meaningless shit you've created recently (laughs) and showing to your manager that it is pointless, that you've actually spent tens or hundreds of hours putting together stuff that in the end isn't going to move the needle on any of the corporate priorities. So the idea here is tap into the intent of the process, which is generally productivity and repeatability. And see if you can control some of that. Yeah. And the nice thing is you don't have to do that alone, right? We work with a number of clients and we provide some guidance around conducting audits for yourself, or if you need that sort of third-party legitimacy bring someone in from an external source to conduct those kinds of audits 
on the process or on the outcomes. Let's talk about how to deal with the two things that you may not have control over. The first, your manager and the perception of the communications function. And for managers, it's really about helping them look like rock stars, right? There's a reason they have comms in their remit, you know, in their control. So it's, it's worth the time to understand what they need from it to deliver beyond just cranking out stuff through the drive-through. So can you solve a problem they have or contribute to a goal that they have that they are expected to address? Once again, part of your job is tying your work to that broader corporate mandate. And when managers feel like they understand the role of the function, they can do a better job of working on workload and process and so on. That handle, once they get on the role of the function, can also help them help you have a more strategic conversation about what you do. And again, most of them won't get there on their own. But if you make your goals the same as their goals, you are likely to just get that little bit further. And one thing you can do today, make sure that you use a good communications project charter, right? Include it in the high-level goal, the role communications will play. So, you know, the tactics, the, the interdependencies and measures of success. And this can be done on, you know, one or two pages and start using these and you instantly elevate the expectations and the perceptions of who you are, how you can contribute and the importance of employed communications function. You know, add to that maybe if your manager's not giving you the time of day, and particularly, you know, if you're working remotely, it can often be even harder to get their attention. You know, sometimes it, it helps to try to find an ally somewhere, um, maybe outside of your organization. So another manager, maybe even an executive who understands the strategic value of communications and what you do. And, and sometimes it helps to get them on side. Maybe they can even give you a little bit of support or guidance or coaching about uh, how to navigate that one in your organization. Mm-hmm. We've often talked about, um, you know, communicators as the, the COVID superhero. So now's the time, I think, to, uh, to get out there and start formalizing your role, as, as Andrew says, building that charter. As always, we have a few things that have caught our eye this week. Andrew, what are you reading or watching? You know what? There was a book that was on my night table for far too long, and it's got a great title, so I can't avoid it. It's called Ignore Everybody and 39 Other Keys to Creativity. It's a real fast book. It's, it's kind of cute. It's kind of clever. It has a lot of endorsements from the likes of Guy Kawasaki and Seth Godin, who are well-known within the marketing communications community. And it really is different ways and exercises so that you can look at problems slightly differently. That's called Ignore Everybody and 39 Other Keys to Creativity by Hugh McLeod. Oh, that sounds great. I'm actually reading a really interesting article by Terry Alice and Bill Shanninger in the McKinsey Quarterly, and it's called The Boss Factor. And it's hmm. about the, yeah, the connection between corporate social responsibility and employee satisfaction and happiness. And it's a very recent article, and it's really, really fascinating. And we'll make sure that we put a link to that and to uh, the book you just talked about in our show notes so everyone can find them. And we'd love to hear your feedback on those. So hopefully our, our discussion today 
Cafe has offered um, some communicators some ways out of the drive-through. Um, we'd love to hear how you make out. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or better still subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we'd love your thoughts or suggestions for future topics uh, you'd like us to explore. Uh, send us a message to uh, info at academyofbusinesscommunications.com and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. And that's amazing. Uh, thank you once again, Elizabeth, for this lively discussion. Uh, a shout out, of course, to Peter Lindsman, our very patient editor, and uh, Simon Gladstone, our intrepid webmaster. So thank you all. And for all our listeners of Swear Jar, stay fearless. Bye for now. Bye.